Hi guys, welcome to episode five of season five here on the Simple Doesn't Mean Easy podcast. Today, I'm bringing a friend on to chat about all things old-fashioned and if and how and why they work, there might be old-fashioned remedies to modern-day stress. Jill Winger is the founder of the Prairie Homestead. She is the host of the very popular Old Fashioned on, no, yes, Old Fashioned on Purpose podcast. I was thinking, wait, that's the name of her book, but it's the name of her podcast too. And the author of a book that I am sure is destined to be a bestseller. It is called Old Fashioned on Purpose. You can find it for pre-sale and lots of great special offers if you want to grab it now at oldfashionedbook.com, but we'll remind you of that later too. Before I bring Jill on, I want to tell you I'm excited. I have a new sponsor and it is such an organically natural way that it came about. I didn't even realize I had a need for their product. I would have never even like purchased their product because I didn't think soil kits were something necessary. I mean, you know, we're talking about old fashioned solutions today on the podcast and you know, I'm an old fashioned kind of gal and I just thought soil tests were kind of a fancy new thing that weren't needed for an old fashioned hobby of growing my food. Um, I was wrong. So wrong. They sent me a kit asking if I just wanted to try it out. I'm like, well, sure. I could try it out. I don't need it. I had no idea the things that I thought I was self-diagnosing. I was all wrong. And I always thought that 10, 10, 10 was an amazing fertilizer. I used it all the time in all kinds of ways. I would put it under my plants before I planted them. I would put it in rows besides my newly planted plants or beside my newly planted seeds. I loved 10, 10, 10 because those are the three important ingredients, the three main nutrients, I should say, in soil, phosphorus, potassium, and nitrogen. And I felt like, okay, they're a good thing. How could you ever have too much, right? I was so wrong. Turns out I literally was killing my plants because my ground was high in phosphorus and I was adding all this extra phosphorus. On top of that, I was adding compost because my plants weren't looking so good and they really needed some good dirt around them. So I was getting good compost that is good, but is really high in phosphorus. And I was putting it all around my plants. The thing is, phosphorus destroys the roots of your plant and it enable it disenables. <laughs> that's not a word. It makes it so your plants can't bring nutrients up through the roots. So I actually all last summer had to spray a foliar spray of nutrients on my plants because the phosphorus in my soil had damaged the roots so badly. In the end, I got a decent amount of food only because of this soil kit that I didn't think I needed. It saved my garden last year, and I can't recommend it enough. Go to solelyrested.com slash soil for all the details and for a great offer off an already great priced, amazing soil kit that you really need to check out. solelyrested.com slash soil. So now without any further ado, it is time to bring Jill on and dive into this chat about old-fashioned solutions to modern stress. So thank you, Jill, so much for being here. Thanks when, for having me. When I knew I wanted to do an episode about this fact that stress is this major 
problem in modern day society. And I think the best answers lie in the really simple, simple, totally old-fashioned things. I knew that you would be the guest I would love to talk to about this. So thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Um, our last episode here on the Simple Doesn't Mean Easy podcast, we were talking about four modern problems that almost everybody deals with and that are really kind of almost exclusively, literally a modern problem. But all of them in the end, it kind of boils down to stress, so much stress. And I mean, it, pre it prevents us from even like taking nutrients from our food when we're stressed, you know, because our body is dealing with stress and the nutrients aren't getting to the parts of our bodies that need them. Um, so it's just, it's kind of crazy. And I, I, I loved your book. Absolutely. Jill, you forwarded me an early copy and I was so excited. I dove right in and it's called Old Fashioned on Purpose. What's the subtitle? Uh, cultivating a Slower, More Joyful Life. Slower, More Joyful Life. And I mean, your whole book is literally talking my language and speaking to my heart. It is, it's what we need. It's what everybody needs today. <laughs> um, and, you know, you, you didn't used to be the cool kid, right? Like, in fact, you said in your book, let me pull up a quote. You said, somehow I've gone from being the lone pioneer on the fringe to riding the peak wave of the homesteading tsunami. <laughs> yeah. So talk about that. What's happening? Yeah. So when I first started, I, I didn't even know it was homesteading when we started, right? You know, I didn't, it didn't have a name for it. I just felt deeply pulled towards doing things differently. And so we kind of had to blaze our own trail. It's not to say there weren't people doing it in other parts of the world, but I didn't know they weren't in my circles and they weren't in my community. So it was just following this, this little bit of intuition that just kept tapping me on the shoulder. Um, but yeah, it, those early years of, of chasing this more intentional, old fashioned homestead lifestyle, if you, whatever you want to call it was, I, I wouldn't say not lonely in a bad way. Um, but it was definitely like, I felt like I was the only one, like, here I am doing my weird stuff. And I kind of got used to being the one that people are like kind of raising their eyebrows and going, what's wrong with these people? And I think I remember you talking years ago about like you went to look for canning lids and it wasn't the right season and they thought you were crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As jars, I think I went to like Walmart okay. or one of the grocery stores and I was like, it was, I don't know, March. And I was like, where, where are your, your canning jars? And he's like, Ugh we only have those to ring fall. <laughs> of course. Like I was just the biggest idiot. And I'm like, oh, okay. But now they're, I mean, everywhere all the time. And it's just so funny to see it shift. I love that it has shifted, but it's almost, yeah, I never thought it would, I never thought I would be cool. Here I am. We're, you and I, we're cool now. We're like, we're so cool. I mean, I don't cool think kid. I really am, but we're going to pretend. <laughs> I mean, I'm really, I'm really, am not still cool, but you know, I tell myself that I'm cool. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting to see the culture shift to this direction. Yeah, for sure. And um, so back to that idea of the stress, like I know you talk a lot, well, in different places, I think you talk about it in the book that is there this magical solution to the stress if we go outside? Like if we just step outside? I mean, depends on, I guess, how you want to define magical, but I'd say it's pretty darn close <laughs> to magical. Yeah. I mean, um, I think one of the most frustrating parts about we, everyone's talking about stress right now, every podcast and every book you read is like, 
um, listing off things you should do and, you know, exercise daily, eat good food and reduce your stress. And I'm like, that's a nice list. How do we do those things, especially the stress? Like, um, I know the stress in my life. I can't just go, okay, Jill, don't stress. Like it just doesn't go away like that. Right. There's some, there's, there's all sorts of issues and situations that they, they tend to like hang on to us and kind of grab a hold of us. And so I think, having tangible ideas for what does this look like is really helpful to me. And so I love that you're, you're talking, you're speaking to this topic, but I think nature is one of the first places, if you want a tangible way to actually start reducing some of that stress and help kind of bring you back to center, man, going outside, even if you live in the city, even if you live in an apartment, just getting out into the fresh air and just breathing and and feeling the sun on your skin and feeling the breeze on your face and just being even for five, 10 minutes, there's science behind what that does to our body. It actually helps us just kind of take a, a deep exhale figuratively and literally and re- brings us back to ourselves. Totally. Absolutely. And we need it so badly. I was just reading the other day. In fact, I, I knew I wanted to mention this, so I pulled it up. Um, it was in the pharmaceutical journal and this was in 2021, a long article And the headline says the number of young children prescribed antidepressants has risen by 41% just since 2015. So this was a six-year span they were looking at. 41%. Like, so that tells me this is a modern issue and and we need to get back to those old-fashioned solutions. Yeah. That those statistics, uh, whether it's with the kids or just humans in general, is so disturbing to me when you start to look at the rise of the anxiety and depression and how much medication is being prescribed for those things in the last, you know, decades, it's like, is no one else seeing this? Like what, you know, it's like, you feel like you're the crazy person. You're like, wait a second, this is this, there's something wrong. There's something going on here. And everyone else is just like, Oh, it's normal. It's fine. Um, and I, I was, I was listening to someone or reading someone the other day. I don't remember who it was, but they said something along the lines of, you know, the modern medical complex tells us you should, just feel happy all the time. And if you don't, something's wrong with you. Mm. And they're like, you know, maybe perhaps feeling off or feeling out of sorts is the proper response to the unnatural world we live in. Mm. Um, that's not to say that we, that we sit in that or dwell in that, but you know, maybe we're all feeling, or, you know, culture as a whole is feeling that malaise and that, um, that depression or that, that feeling of unwellness, because this is not how we're supposed to be living in terms of, always busy, eating poor food, never in nature, surrounded by asphalt and concrete and plastic all the time. Like our bodies are kind of screaming and maybe, maybe this is just that first step to, to listen to what's going on. For sure. Hi guys, let's pause for a quick second for me to tell you about a fantastic Mother's Day sale. Go to solelyrested.com slash seeds, S-E-E-D-S to see the link and the special offers on these great products from my favorite seed company. But by the way, it's so much more than seeds. And what I would highly recommend you looking at are the most amazing mason jar lids that I have ever used. I love them so much. I bought another couple dozen. I now have four dozen of these lids. I use them in so many ways in my kitchen to store so many different kinds of foods and teas and spices and rice and dried fruit. And I also love them for kombucha because they are stainless steel, a high gauge stainless steel that is not going to rust. And that's so important for kombucha, but the seal keeps it from spilling. So you can take your kombucha with you in the jar with this lid 
and it's not going to spill. I love these jars. Can you tell? I love these lids. I love these lids. Um, so go to solelyrested.com slash seeds. It's only until Mother's Day. Go check out this special. It's 15% off. So many items. Just one of them is these lids. And there's also a component of it that you and I have talked about before, just that there's a lot of money to be made if we have, you know, the, the problems, the modern day problems that we have. People aren't easy, don't want us to get the easy solutions because there's so much money to be made if we take the modern solutions, right? I mean, there's so many right. industries that are relying on us to have these problems. <laughs> right. And we, and it's, it's funny. Sometimes I feel like we're so used to being sold um, these complicated options, whether it's in the form of a pill or a food mm-hmm. or uh, a product or a scheme that when it's, when the answer is something is as simple as I don't know, go outside and breathe or go on a walk. And, you know, exercise has been shown to help with mental health. Um, putting our fingers in the dirt has been shown to help with mental health. It's almost like yeah. we don't believe it could be true. It can't be, that can't be it. it. We don't have to pay for it. It doesn't cost anything. It can't work. It it's must so be, true. It you know, it's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as humans, I think we, we often want the harder route because I think sometimes we want to, I don't know, it makes us feel better if we yeah. feel like, oh, that's too easy to just go out and play in the dirt. I need something more complicated than that. <laughs> right. We want to feel like we earned it. Urgh. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right, right. Um, okay, so you're talking about the dirt and you were mentioning that you getting your hands in the dirt literally has physical side effects. It's so good for us. Um, I know that there was a study done, I was reading recently, that was explaining how gardening, they actually studied it with older people and discovered that they had decreased cortisol levels just by doing very simple gardening. I mean, I, I can't imagine elderly people even do anything too complicated, you know, just very yeah. simple gardening. It was better for them than the results they were seeing when they just did occupational therapy. Like gardening was better to improve their cortisol levels. Yeah. And of course, Ab- yeah, go ahead. absolutely. And I've, um, there's so many fascinating studies around this. Um, it helps with cortisol levels. I think there was, there's been a number of studies that just showed recovering patients. If they were just exposed to green spaces, even through a window, like let's say they were really, um, you know, struggling with their health. They couldn't get outside. Mm-hmm. They were just shown nature through a window or they were just could go sit in a courtyard. It, it helped their recovery substantially. Wow. That's um, a good point. And I guess yeah. that's why hospitals have, you know, they're designed the way they are that patients can at least see outside often from their rooms, mm-hmm. but huh. I mean, it's, yeah. it's the way we were meant to be, right? It really is. Yeah. And so it's so funny how we, I guess, I think the last 150 years, we almost, I almost feel like humans have this weird fascination with how artificial can we get? How, um, man-made can we get and almost like just seeing how far can we go we're so enamored with our new inventions and our new industrialization like we're going to just apply that to everything and now i'm hoping that more people are are starting to see that disconnect and go you know it's just going back to like you said what we were meant to do and how we were meant to be it just kind of brings everything back into focus yeah for sure and it's, it's not just the getting your hands in the dirt physically helps you um there's also that component of you're creating something, right? You're, you're actively involved in planting something or designing your garden or whatever it is that you're doing creatively. Um, that has a huge impact on us too. It does. I found, um, this whole book was such a process for me because it, it forced me in a good way 
to get into research I never would have found or thought about otherwise. Yeah. Um, and I had the the privilege to speak with Dr. Kelly Lambert, uh, actually on my podcast, and I read her book yes. and she spoke to, yeah, she was so great. You helped She's me. She's fascinating. Um, yeah. With the mice and the cars. The, like, I know the mice so and the cars. cool. Just, know, can you briefly, have... just briefly give us a summary of it. Yeah, she, um, she does a ton of research. She's so smart, so well-spoken, but she does a ton of research around with rats and how to like incentivize rats and what happens to rats when they have to work for their, I think that was, was it Cheerios? I think, I think they were, it might have been Cheerios or M&Ms or something. Um, <laughs> what happens if you just give the rat the Cheerio for free, or if you make the rat do something for the Cheerio? And there was all interesting correlations. She found that the rats were, were happier. Their brains were happier when they actually did a task to get the, the Cheerios. And so then she had them driving cars. Like I, I had her on the podcast to talk about depression and we talk about rats driving cars and it was awesome. <laughs> But she's fascinating. Uh, so fascinating. I know I watched her TED talk before I helped get her on your podcast. And I she's just absolutely fascinating. In fact, yes. it's really funny. This is a true story. Just a few hours ago, a friend of mine emailed me, Michelle, have you heard of Dr. Kelly Lambert? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm like, actually, I have. Yes. But she's like, you'll find her, her research fascinating. I'm like, yeah, it really is. It's really cool stuff. Yeah. I think but, she also has, there's a, a little show called the secret life of pets on Netflix and they have her stuff featured. And it was funny because my kids had watched that many months prior to me doing the interview. I didn't know she was on there. And then I said something about the lady. I, I talked to a lady who worked with rats in cars and the kids were just like, Oh, you got to talk to her. So I feel like it got me major brownie points. My kids don't care about anything else I do, but I got to talk to the lady who does rats in cars. So absolutely. I mean, it's deal. so cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, Imagine being Dr. Lambert explaining that that's her job. <laughs> I, I know, I know. It's it's so fun. But but what I loved, I think, even more than the rats in the cars about her research was she talked about this thing called the effort-driven rewards cycle, where it's in essence, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna try to get into the science because I'm not that person who gets it's into okay. the nitty-gritty. You'd lose me if you did. So that's okay. I, know, I, just, <laughs> I summarize everything. But basically, our brains and our bodies are set up and wired in a way that when we work with our hands like actually do things with them, not just punch a button or tap a remote. Um, it signals our brain to release the happy chemicals into our bodies, the dopamine and serotonins and all those things that make us just feel a sense of well-being. And so um, Dr. Lambert was saying, you know, she's not a homesteader, but she's like, I'm really careful in my daily life to make sure I'm doing just household chores with intention. Like I, I want to make sure I'm not hiring out everything. I'm keeping some of that for myself whether it's vacuuming or mowing the lawn or raking the leaves, because she's like, I know how important it is for my brain to, to do those tangible physical actions. Yeah. And I just thought that was so good. And even more so for us homestead minded folk, cause we're, we're doing those things anyway. Like what a bit of extra encouragement that yeah, when you're making bread, you get the bread and you're also getting the happy chemicals because your brain's rewarding you for using your hands. So it's kind of a double Absolutely. And I mean, it, okay. When you're doing things like, I don't do it often, but like some kind of an artwork project. And when I, I would do it when I, when the kids were homeschooling and I'd sit down with them and I'd be into it. And about an hour and a half into it, I'd realize I had no idea what time it was. Yeah. You know, I had lost all sense because your brain just goes to a whole different level. And I find myself doing in a different kind of way, the same idea in the kitchen. Like sometimes, now not all the time, mind you, sometimes I just want to get out of the kitchen and I want the mess to disappear. Sure. <laughs> but yep. sometimes when you're making a new recipe or you're making a really good one that you're even making better because you're tweaking it and you get excited and you're writing down all the details because you don't want to forget. And 
I get, you get excited, you get happy, you know, and you feel the dopamine. Yes. And I think, I think if we realize that, like if we notice it happening, I think it makes us not appreciate it more, but then realize, okay, when it's hard in the kitchen, the next time I'm going to keep working at it because I know I've seen it happen before. This is going to result in something good, you know? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, I know. Yeah. Is it, is it the confidence competence loop or the competence confidence loop? I can't remember which one, I have <laughs> but no it's idea. basically, um, that idea that, yeah, it is. I hear a lot of people talk about it in relation to kids. If you give a kid something hard to do and they, they work at it and they struggle a little bit, then they finally figure it out. It gives them that little, like, Oh, I, I feel good. Mm-hmm. And then they get the confidence to try the next thing. And it's just like this self-fulfilling cycle of you get better and you feel good. And then you try it again and you maybe fail, but you know, you can do it. And I, it's the same thing with us. Um, the more we do it. And I think there's, there's, there's always that resistance internally when we're starting something new or like we, I just, I'll be honest. I just completely bombed a batch of biscuits in the kitchen. <laughs> like <laughs> I was trying to rush and get them done before I got on the call today. Mm-hmm. And it was a disaster. They're edible. They're just ugly as they can be. Um, you know, and uh, it doesn't feel great to pull those out of the oven, but I've done it so many times. I'm like, well, next time it will be, it'll be fine. And I'll figure out what I did wrong. And, um, but yeah, it gives you that oomph to get through the failure and it's okay to fail. Yeah, for sure. Yep. And even if the biscuits aren't good in the end, like you might've had a ton of fun. Are you like me with grinding, with milling the flour? Like that gets me excited. Even if you're trying a different kind of wheat berry you know, and you want to play yep. with the, cause I know you've been using your mill recently and I have too. And that yes. like, I seriously, I mean, if anybody was in my kitchen, sometimes they would think I'm a lunatic, but sometimes I will just like break out in a song and I'll do a little jig. Cause I'm like so excited about this yep. flower. Cause it's so cool. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. I think I literally did that when I discovered that I can use chickpeas, I can throw the chickpeas in the mill and mm. then I can use that instead of cornstarch. And I just got so excited. I was like, I did not know that. Yeah. How did I not know that? I was making oh my pow and I'm just playing around with it. And it literally gelled up like it was cornstarch. I'm going, I, I did a dance. I mean, so <laughs> it was like, the dopamine. So you could use it on all the cornstarch things. Have you yes, tried it another? you can totally oh. use chickpea flour to replace cornstarch. And cornstarch is totally refined. Like it is not oh, for the right sure. option. It's pretty, yeah. And it's usually like GMO corn and all the. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Oh, that's so interesting. Okay. Sorry. So to sum it up, I know. see, it's exciting, right? <laughs> it we got exciting. a dopamine rush. Yes. <laughs> but okay. So to sum it up, did I, I'm, I'm trying to think. So to alleviate the stress and all the physical problems we have because of it, some very simple things would be what? Um, I would say schedule in times in your day where you can get outside. Oh, I like that. Do you do that? I do. do you write like, it on your calendar. I will write it on the calendar or yeah. sometimes. Yeah. I just know like, especially I know you're an hourly by the hour planner person. That's why the planner is the way it is. Cause you, yeah. So you literally will take like an hour slot and you'll yes. put, okay. Yeah. Or like today, for example, I have, I'm recording with you and then I'm recording another podcast and all morning I was running around making reels and doing crazy things. And I was just in my yep. head and I, it's been like one of those days where you're like, gotta do this, gotta do this, gotta do this, you know, just run, 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 run. Yep. And so after I get off my, my last interview today, I have, I'm going out to work with a horse outside and it'll be me and the horse and it'll be silent and it'll be in, me in the dirt and it'll be great. Good so, for you. Yeah. And I, I mean, technically I should be probably doing other things at the computer, but I'm like, nope. Cause if I, if I push the horse or the garden or whatever aside, and I force myself to work on the computer till 6 PM, my mental health will suffer and I will feel more stressed and I will be higher elevated heart rate and I'll have more cortisol in my system. And so 
Um, even when it doesn't make sense with a busy schedule, I'll be like, Nope, got to go to the greenhouse. Nope. Got to go out and weed. I got to go work the horse. And it, and it, it makes me a more powerful, uh, entrepreneur and more productive. I think in the long run is counterintuitive as that may seem. I agree. I'm proud of both of us because I have a phone call after this. And then I didn't actually write it on my planner, but I lined up my lettuce and my kale seeds and I have my broccoli plants ready. And the only thing I didn't do was find my trowel and my shovel because I didn't get enough time, but I'm like ready. Like this, yeah. cause I have very limited time once I'm done yep. those things before it gets cold out. You know? <laughs> so, yep. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Good stuff. Good stuff. So thank you so much for encouraging me that, you know, I knew that it's the case. It's, it's simple answers that are the best when it comes to all these modern day stresses. So yeah. where can people who don't know yet, where can they find you and how can they find your book? Yeah. So the prairiehomestead.com is my original blog. It's kind of my hub of all the things I do. So you can connect with me there. I'm most active on Instagram. I enjoy that platform the most as far as me social too. media. So jill.winger is my handle. And then to grab the book, we have a ton of pre-order bonuses and some fun stuff to go with it. You can head over to oldfashionedbook.com and get the scoop on that. Oldfashionedbook.com. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you, Jill. Thank you, Michelle. Well, I hope you enjoyed that, guys. I always enjoy chatting with Jill, whether it's just in the middle of a work day or it's getting to sit down like this. This was a treat. So I hope you guys enjoyed it too. Please join me next Monday morning because, well, you're not going to believe who the guest is next week. I think I'm just going to leave it at that. So make sure you you tune in, you join in, <laughs> listen in. Um, in the meantime, if you have a second, please go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review because it means the world to me and I read every single one. And remember, it's easy to forget how blessed we are to live this life. So enjoy the simple everyday efforts. It's not easy, but it's worth it.